0: Welcome to What's Next Reload, where I have the pleasure of sharing with you one of my past favorite episodes with Ginger Hardage. She used to be the Senior Vice President of Culture and Communications at Southwest Airlines and did it for 25 years working with Herb Kelleher, the former chairman and CEO. But her perspective on the power of employee engagement and building customer experience is so relevant today. I wanted to bring it back for a reload. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the show, Ginger.
1: Thank you, Tiffany. It is a delight to be with you. Uh, The lineup that you always have on What's Next is impressive. So I'm just humbled to be on the list. So thank you. Thank you.
0: Oh, this was easy. I mean, if you can come on and talk about this topic with such a Uh, you know, with all your experience, this was a no-brainer. I I thank you for the time. So um, we are going to dig right into, as you know, the bullish and bearish, which is sort of the entry point to our conversation. Bullish is you're really for it. Bearish is you're uh, not so for it.
1: (laughs) I got it. Right. Right. And,
0: (laughs) And since I'm sure you've listened to a couple podcasts, you know, at the end of the day, very few people sort of Commit. So if you <laughs> if you go down the middle, we'll do that. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So uh, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. We'll start off with a with a fun one. Robots providing customer service tasks for retailers and potentially hospitality. So kind of face to face. So robots providing customer service tasks.
1: Well, I'm going to go um, a little bit bearish on that, uh, but with the the exception that. It depending on what, now we're so used to technology, and so often customers prefer it. So, if you were to look at, uh, say, the kiosk that you can use at the airport, uh, if you don't have your boarding pass on your phone, that's a form of robot, right? Possibly, sure. So that that would be the. I mean, so there are times when uh, we as consumers definitely want the convenience of uh, something that's going to handle it ourselves. But I always am going to be bullish on outstanding customer service because nothing can replace that one-on-one contact um, with with a human.
0: Okay, we'll go with that. So, as I said, there's always the. <laughs> There's always the median <laughs> ground. All right, the next one. And, and we'll dig into uh, some of these responses in, in, in our conversation. But this next one, uh, I know you're very passionate about. So employee engagement is the single most important element there is when thinking about your brand. Bullish exclamation point. Yeah, that was an easy softball one. Yeah. I knew that would be. All right. And uh, the next one is culture is everyone's job. Oh, definitely bullish because
1: uh, it it starts in all areas of the organization, and um, it's got to stop at the start at the top, be modeled by those at the top, and it's everyone's job because that person on the front line delivering that customer service is representing your culture and your organization every day of the week.
0: Well, so that is the perfect segue. Um... To our conversation today. And, and I'm going to start with sort of a little fun one that uh, for the listeners that got the opportunity to listen to my podcast interview with Tom Peters, he gave this fantastic example of the thousands of flights he's flown over the, you know, his illustrious 50 plus year career and, and how he remembers this one instance where he was getting off a plane, happened to be a Southwest flight, and someone was sitting at the bottom of the jet bridge. Uh, waiting for someone to push the wheelchair, uh, you know, up, up the jet bridge back to the terminal and no one was there yet. And the pilot was getting off the plane and said, would you mind if I pushed you up the jet bridge? And of course the customer looked up at the pilot and said, sure. <laughs> right? All right. And the pilot pushed up. So, you know, that was a fantastic unsolicited example of just bringing excellence to work every day and and i think with a brand like southwest that has always held up to such high standards around that philosophy i'd love to hear you know just from 25 years of being there and and everything that you participated in how did southwest become so successful around that cultural uh true north if you will
1: Well, it definitely started with a founder, Herb Kelleher, who recently passed away earlier this year. And Herb was a legend. And he, along with Colleen Barrett, who is the president emeritus of Southwest, uh, from the early days, they put that foundation in place about serving the customers. And Herb was always about servant leadership. And he modeled it every day in terms of serving the customers. So it's not a surprise that a pilot uh, 47 years later in Southwest history is still doing that because it's that servant leadership, whatever it takes to get the job done is modeled throughout the organization. And the stories are legendary about employees doing that. And that's one of the things I encourage organizations to do is tell those stories collect those stories that are going to allow your employees to see the margins of what the right behavior is in your organization. So if they see that that you are holding them up, for living the values of your company and serving your customers, you're recognizing them, you're getting that pat on the back, that kind of behavior is just reinforced over and over. And how companies are setting up those ways of telling those stories and showing the employees uh, what is looked at for great customer service, great behavior, great values, expression in the organization, that's what I encourage them to do.
0: Well, what's interesting is, uh, you know, one of the other guests I had, his name is Mark Boncheck, and he talks a lot about brands trying to copy another brand's business model. And so one of the examples he gives was, you know, and I'm going to ruin the story, but I'll do the best I can. It was sort of, you know, trying to copy the hub and spoke model of Southwest. And so at the time, in the example that he used was United's TED you know, trying to, to sort of go after yeah. um, Southwest in that way. And of course, Southwest is still here and growing significantly, and Ted is no longer. And so his comment was really copying the business model as one part of the equation, but not the most important, that the mental model was really where they they missed the mark. And so I think that that mental model of the culture of Southwest is so tied to its ability to grow that this kind of culture powers the growth. I would
1: agree uh, completely. And how organizations, they, they can copy, you know, try to copy a particular aspect, but it's never just one thing for any organization. And it's a multitude of things working together. Uh, But it does definitely start with a mindset of how you're going to approach every business decision. And one of the things Herb Kelleher uh, ended up talking about uh, from my early days when I was uh, joining Southwest Airlines in the early 90s, heard him say this over and over, and it's carried through today through the CEO, Gary Kelly, continuing to talk about this model. And if you envision a, a flywheel. And if you start with happy employees, they're going to take care of your customers. And if your customers are happy, they're going to return. And those customers are returning, are going to take care of your shareholders. And if you just imagine that flywheel working, but too many organizations try to start the flywheel in the wrong position. And if you're For example, if you're starting with your full focus being on your shareholders, it's really hard to get your employees and your customers behind getting that flywheel going. So Herb knew the magic of starting with your happy employees, making sure that they understand the business objectives, they have all of your support, all of the training. You've woven your culture through every aspect of their experience. You've started all the way back with the recruiting. You've in um really part of that into their hiring process, their onboarding process, their training, the customer delivery, and all the way to performance evaluation. So if you take care of every aspect of your employee journey, put all of that energy into your employees, they are going to take care of your customers and then serve your shareholders as well.
0: Well, and I think, you know, what I often hear is, you um... Okay, you know Ginger, Tiffany. I've listened to this podcast. I get it. I'm all in, right? Like, I I couldn't agree more. And and I'm gonna give two examples here, and I'd love to hear what you think on on these two. One is, I'm a startup, and I'm I or I'm a small business, and you know I only have a couple employees, and I want to grow. And so now I understand this power of having happy employees leads to happy customers. You know that kind of the flywheel as you were just describing. And so I, I begin my journey to say, you know, here's the vision, starts at the top. I'm going to do all the things that you've you've outlined. That's one scenario, kind of very pure in its evolution. But most people listening are going to say, I work at a company today who may not have that employee first, customer centric kind of mentality, the mental model of that. And what can I do, you know, as an individual contributor is one question but i may be an executive as another question start to write the ship in this direction you know where it might be just product led and not employee customer led those are two very different things and maybe step through one being you know you're starting up and how do you begin to build a culture that will sustain itself in that flywheel and the second being you're already in a, an organization where the culture may not be quite as aligned to this concept that we're talking about
1: yeah so as as the leader, uh, there would be three things I would talk to that leader about and how to start up that company. Uh, number one is defining your culture, defining your values. And how your organization is going to live those out. Um, We all know Simon Sinek talking about uh, you start with your purpose or your why and everything will follow that. And that is great advice. Um, And, for example, at Southwest, the purpose is to connect people to what's important in their lives through friendly, reliable, and low-cost air travel. Because we knew that our competitors might be able to copy one of those things, but not all, none of them could do friendly, reliable, and low-cost, do all three. So I encourage organizations, startups, to really look at um, your purpose. What do you do that's distinctively different from your competitors? What will set you apart? And how do you describe your purpose, your values your true north what you always go back to and then assure leadership alignment that's the most important thing Um, how are there how are leaders exemplifying and living the values of the company because we can't begin to get our employees to live the values of the company unless we're living that every day so uh, how we act always trumps What we say, and employees are watching us every step of the way. So we have to assure that leadership alignment. And if we happen to hire as a leader, if we happen to hire another leader working for us who's not living those values, uh, they're going to become toxic in the organization. And the sooner they can write that, um, or if they can't live the values of the organization, They're going to be better served somewhere else in another organization and not your own. And then I encourage um, that startup leader to really look at how they're sharing the stories of what's working in their organization, how how are they celebrating those successes. And stories are really what helps set the boundaries for our employees and help them understand what is rec gets recognized in, inside our organization. So those would be the three things I would suggest for the startup leader. But you also ask about that employee who's sitting in that organization that um, is not seeing that vision at the top. Uh, there are potentially two paths. Um, one of them would be find an organization that does match your values and is putting employees first. But that's 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 easy. That to say it's hard to do. Um, But if you believe there's potential in that organization, carve out your niche for the area you control and control the the culture in the part of the organization that you live in. And uh, if you're a manager in a department, set your department up uh, where you're leading by example and uh, you're living the values of the organization and show the success that that can have, and you'll start making an impact on the organization.
0: And I think part of that may come down to the choices you make, going back to what you were just saying, right? I'm an individual contributor, but my team I might manage and where I can start to make impact. And one of those areas you can make impact is in who you hire. And you know, one of the things you often talk about is kind of hire tough so you can manage easy. What does that look like you know, from a recruitment standpoint? Because I'm guessing, you know, continuing to use Southwest as an example, you probably got tens of thousands of applicants to work there because people want to work for great companies. And so hiring the right people has a lot to do with your ability or their ability to uh, maintain that quote unquote culture.
1: That's right, Tiffany. Uh, All cultures start with hiring. And if you really want to have a people first culture where your employees act like owners and are aligned with the purpose of your organization, it starts with bringing those people in who align with the values of your organization. So, Organizations that really care about their cultures are going to spend a lot of time on hiring. They're going to, as you said, hire tough so you can manage easy. That's a great hiring philosophy to make sure you spend the time bringing the right individuals into your organization. Uh, One example of how many people Southwest looks at coming into the organization, they receive about 370,000 applications in an average year. Of that, they hire 6,000 people which means only 2% of the people who apply actually get hired. So that really is sticking to your guns and hiring tough so you can manage easy. And on the flip side of that, that also is going to help you with your retention. And Southwest uh, has about a 97% retention rate, which means only about three percent to 3% um, of the people leave voluntarily um, in a given year.
0: Well, and that says a lot, right? Because I I think that uh, people, because of where I work uh, at Salesforce, it's a similar sort of cultural, you know, flywheel, if you will, that you were describing. Um, And it's, there's no shortage of people who want to work here. And I I think that it goes down to now it feels like, and I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion, having worked at Southwest for so long, would you say it is... It you know twenty if you go back 25 years, twenty five years 10, do you see now people who are applying um, different than you did back then where it is really this alignment of I want to work someplace that I, I I feel connected to the vision and the values and and I'm proud to work here versus I just want a job I need a job do you think that that's changed over the last few decades or you know dozen years?
1: I think it's always been that way at Southwest Airlines. I know it was that way in 1990 when I joined. I was just absolutely giddy at the thought of being able to interview for Southwest Airlines already. I'd already been out in the business world. My company had changed and many of us um, out Uh, working, something changes that is beyond our control. And the company I was working for had changed dramatically. And I knew I wanted to be with a strong customer-oriented organization. Uh, So I interviewed with Southwest Airlines and it it became my, it was my dream job and it stayed that way for uh, the whole time I was there. I still look at it that way. So I encourage uh, the same thing happened at Southwest to, to today and the volume of people that want to work there uh, still continues. And how do we talk about that um, and be as leaders in our organizations being um, a brand employer brand of choice? How are we showing up in Glassdoor? How are we showing up um, with uh, folks who are looking at LinkedIn, for example, how uh, are we positioning our companies so that employees know that we are an employer of choice? Uh, one of the things Southwest just celebrated was Profit Sharing Day, where employees benefit from the profit sharing. and That's a wonderful way to talk about Uh, why people would want to join that organization because the company gave back over $500 to its employees in the form of profit sharing. So that speaks to, again, putting your employees first and how uh, employees are going to look at our companies and what we truly do offer. And another thing I talk about when I'm talking to organizations um, is, be careful to not get distracted by too many of the things that people might think is strong culture. Um, so it's okay to bring your dog to work. It's okay to have a pool table. But those kinds of things don't mean you have a strong culture. Uh, there are certainly fine things to do, but your culture starts really with living the values of your organization every day, some of the really harder things uh, that we as leaders, determined leaders do. So culture isn't something that you can turn on and off. It's not like a faucet you can turn on and off. Uh, You can't turn parenting on and off. You can't turn leadership on and off. And you can't turn culture on and off. And it's uh, day by day leading the values of your organization and setting that up so that more and more people uh, want to be part of the incredible uh, culture that you've set up in your company.
0: Yeah. And and there's so much good information in, in those pieces of advice. And I can tell you when I have had some conversations where you start sort of sharing that, and I'd love to hear also, you know, since you have, you know, not that you've really retired, but retired from Southwest. <laughs> and and now you have the unstoppable cultures. I'm sure you're having this conversation a lot. And so I'd love to hear, you know, I've noticed that it's this soft stuff that's really hard and the hard stuff is getting a little bit easier, but the soft stuff specifically around what are the metrics What are the ways in which you can inspire people to do this? And and I know you've got some great feelings around kind of the the ability to story tell what this all looks like, but what what many people want is that, okay, I get it. I heard you. What does it mean to me as an individual day-to-day? What do I change day-to-day and how does it impact the way I, you know, I'm managed or I'm measured or I'm even paid or those kinds of things. Uh, I think that people get uncomfortable when they don't understand the mechanics of of this kind of conversation because it maybe even feels a little squishy, which I know that's a really bad word to use to describe it, but uh, it's the one I used.
1: Well, you can definitely tie your culture back to metrics and the most successful organizations do that every day. Uh, for example, Southwest, one of its Vision. a part of its vision is to be the most loved airline, and they measure that daily. Um, They look at their net promoter score on uh, on a daily basis. Uh, They can uh, look at all the flights and see the net promoter score. You can tell when you've experienced bad weather at the start of a flight. It might have been delayed because of snow, but you can see, um, during the course of the, the, that experience on that flight, the flight attendants may have turned that around because they put the customers at ease, um, they took extra care of them. And so by the time the delay, what started out with um, a negative experience, by the end of the flight, they've had a great experience because it's what those flight attendants did to turn that experience around. So as leaders, depending on what kind of setup we have in our organization, what are we doing Uh, to measure every step of that customer experience and make adjustments along the way. So culture can be measured in terms of how much our employees, our own internal net promoter score, how are our employees looking at um, how they would recommend our organization to be an employer of choice for someone else uh, to join us. So that is a great example of you can measure culture and you can tie it to the KPIs that are specific in your organization and employees want to know about that and then, and then in turn how are you tying it to your recognition programs as well all of that can be linked uh, through recognition tying back to your KPIs and uh, that definitely will
0: drive your culture yeah and I think that that's really important because you know one of the things um, you know going back to the comment about robots, And your response was, you just don't think, and not that I disagree, right, that you don't think that people will, um, that you still value that kind of one-to-one, human-to-human contact. And I think that has a lot to do with what you're saying, where there's so much press and comments out there about AI is going to replace all these jobs, and everybody's going to go away, and it's just going to be, you know, we're just, us humans are just going to be, you know, walking amongst The robots are going to do everything for us. And I think this is where, uh, as it becomes more machine and human, uh, I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but how do brands maintain that culture, right? Because now it's a, potentially a bot is doing a quick customer service chat, let's say on your Southwest app. You know, I have a, I have a question to ask or any other app, it doesn't need to be Southwest. You know, I'm on an app, I ask a quick question and a bot might answer me, right? Because you're getting inundated and multiple channels now. And the bot answers at some point, the bot hopefully recognizes, oh, this is out of my skill set. I need a human to get involved. <laughs> so that handoff between technology and machine and AI and robots back to the human to make sure that me as a, you know, me as a customer, that that cultural experience remains intact, I think it's going to get challenging. Yeah, and
1: so we always have to be on top of what have, what are our customers really looking for and what's going to be important to them. So here's a, a small example in South, inside Southwest Airlines. Um, as social media several years ago was really picking up, uh, we started a Skunk Works project to prove that we could help solve some of the problems for the customers at uh, a very, easy level with social media. So we partnered with customer relations, partnered with marketing, communications. Uh, we got together and did some tests on how quickly we could respond. We, we were starting to hear from customers via Twitter, uh, via Facebook. And you know this was years ago and not everyone uh, was immediately using those channels, but we were proving that we could get to those customers and solve their problem very quickly because that customer was reaching out to us for some reason because they weren't able to get their problem solved. So I think as organizations, we have to be open-minded to however we can solve that customer's problem as quickly as possible because if the problem takes longer, we're probably going to lose that customer. But if whatever technology um, we can embrace to help solve that um, all for it. But again, we are always going to need that personal touch as well. So if right now Southwest responds to tweets in six seconds, I'm sorry, six minutes, um, six seconds would be incredible, wouldn't it? And an average of six minutes getting back uh, to a customer on a tweet. Again, that's a human doing that. Uh, But again, if, if, we are able to use machine learning at some point to help do that. And it helps the customer. I think as organizations, we have to be open to that.
0: Absolutely. And and I think that that's where people have an opportunity to not be afraid of how that's going to displace them. Right. I, I always feel this kind of augment, you know, that six minutes is maybe not possible at the human level with the volume that a brand like Southwest or anybody who, you know, that gets in on a daily basis. But if it's important to you to make sure that, you know, as you were saying, we listened to the customers, we wanted to get ahead of where they were going to go. We knew that some of the communication between our customers and our brand was going to shift from the call center, right? Which was the primary means of contact to then the app. And then, and then how do we take it one more step further? Um, And this connection between, uh, the The human and machine it is absolutely possible to still maintain the core culture and you know that flywheel effect if you 're very intentional in how you use technology with humans
1: that 's correct. Uh, one of the things i I talk to leaders about a lot is um, their visibility, and uh, some some of them are. Definitely using all the tools and technology available, it may not be possible for the leader of an organization uh, such as Southwest, uh, Gary Kelly, who has 65,000 employees. Gary can't possibly see every one of them and be personally visible with every one of them every day. Uh, But we as leaders can all take a page out of his book of one of the things he does. Uh, He records a message to employees every week. And he has done this since he became CEO um, in 2004. So can you imagine uh, the dedication of recording a weekly message since that time? So when he started doing that years ago, uh, employees might have been listening on a flip phone. uh, But now they're listening on their smartphone or they're reading it. They're also reading a transcript on the intranet. Uh, But how leaders are looking at different ways to show up in their organizations. Uh, another leader that does this well using technology is Jim Donald, who is the CEO of Albertsons and the former CEO of Starbucks. And Jim carries his smartphone and will record wherever he is. It might be in the uh, bakery in Boise. Uh, he'll record a message and send that back out to his leaders and to the employees about how invested he is and how visible he is with the, empo- uh, with the employees. So there are a lot of ways to show our culture uh, through using technology as well.
0: Well, this has just been fantastic, Ginger. I, you know, there's, there's very few people who, um, or brands, right, that just have carried the vision of employees being so important. Uh, to the length of the time that Southwest did. And I know that you were an integral part of building that culture and maintaining it. So, you know, good on you because I think that there's so much more that that all businesses can do uh, about uh, taking care of their employees so that ultimately the customers have a great experience. So, you know, I appreciate everything you've done for the market and the industry, just talking about culture and the importance of it and, and how it can really play a key role in growth, regardless of how big or small you are, it's important. Well, thank you,
1: Tiffany. And and I'm hoping uh, to reach even more organizations. So uh, we've started the Unstoppable Cultures Fellowship, where we help organizations look at uh, how to build their roadmap how they want to uh, grow, change, enhance their culture, Um, bringing in experts from Chick-fil-A, Navy SEALs, Zappos, and all different types of industries where we can help showcase what might have happened in those great organizations and carrying it forward in their own.
0: Yeah. And I think Zappos is a great example with their school of wow and the way they hire. I think it's, it's a, it's a perfect example of how you can help other organizations uh, you know, teaching—it's good for everybody, right? Sort of sharing those lessons learned. So, I, I can't wait to see what you guys do going forward. So, let me wrap this up our time together with uh, my two last questions. One being, if you could have dinner with anybody alive or uh, past, um, who would who would that be? To would just you know someone you would love to have a conversation with. I would
1: love to have another conversation with you, Tiffany. And uh, (laughs) so we're going to find a time when we can have uh, dinner in the same town someday uh, because of all the people that you have collected and um, that what you're doing to share wisdom from others. Uh, So I commend you for doing that and uh, to Salesforce for helping you uh, share that message. Uh, That's wonderful. Thank you.
0: Thank you. That was unexpected. I I would have thought you would have said, you know, I would have liked to have one more conversation with Herb. I'd, I'd say he'd be I, on. He would be on my yes, list. He would. Yes. I actually tweeted when he passed that, as a loyal passenger for many, 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 many years, um, that I know. Even though I never met him, that he would I would miss him, right? I would just miss his presence in in the industry. So he would have been someone I would have picked, you know, based on this little conversation. But
1: Herb had many gifts. Uh, he was an icon. He was a true entrepreneur. But more than anything, he loved people. And um, if you were speaking with him. Uh, you felt like you were the only person in the room. So a lot of people have great herb stories, and you're right. i give anything to have uh, one last wild turkey with him.
0: Oh. <laughs> and then the last question uh, for you is, how can people keep up with what you're doing, Ginger? I think that this is such an amazing topic. You know, how can people tap into your wealth of knowledge and maybe participate in some of these things that you're doing to help bring this this uh, infusion of cultural vision to their own business?
1: Well, thanks, Tiffany. Through the Unstoppable Cultures Fellowship or my website, Unstoppable Cultures, again, what we're trying to do is establish a community of like-minded people who really care about the culture of their organizations and what they're trying to do uh, to really set their organizations on fire and uh, achieve incredible things through their people, uh, putting their people first and watching uh, what they they can accomplish when they're truly nurtured and given all the resources they need.
0: Well, fantastic. Well, Ginger, thank you so much for spending this time with us today on the What's Next podcast. And uh, I'll look forward to having that dinner with you very soon.
1: Thank you, Tiffany. And I'll come all the way to
0: you whenever that is. All right, deal. What an amazing conversation. We can talk all day long about the power of culture, the power of focusing on employees as a way to not only deliver the vision of your brand, but delight them every single day, day after day, week after week, month after month and getting somebody who has driven that kind of culture at such an iconic brand like Southwest was such an honor. I think Ginger gave some amazing pieces of advice for startups, for existing companies on how to navigate the soft side of using culture as a growth level. Putting employees first, being very customer-centric, make sure you define the culture and your values. Figure out the why. Why is it that you want to do these things? And what do you do differently? What differentiates you from the marketplace? You can always use culture as one of those key differentiators. And then last, it has to start at the top, whether it's the start at the top of from an organization as the CEO or in a little group or division or a team, each of us every single day can bring excellence so that we make sure that our people around us are happy, but more importantly, that our customers are happy. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation between Ginger and I. I know I sure did. And now I can't wait to get a dinner on the books to continue it with her at a later date. But thank you for joining me today on the What's Next podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends, and i look forward to having you back again next time.